0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another VLGA Connect Summer Series conversation. And today, I'm very pleased to have with me Llewellyn Reinders, who is the Manager of Strategy and Policy at Infrastructure Victoria. Welcome to the program, Llewellyn.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Very nice to meet you. And you're here to talk to us about the draft 30-year infrastructure strategy that came out late last year, is currently... Uh, out for consultation and we'd love to talk a bit about the strategy, what's in it and what you're expecting of this consultation period if you have a few minutes to spend with us. I'd love to. So firstly, the strategy, um, as I understand it, it's, uh, it's almost like a living strategy. It's updated every three to five years, which means you can take account of things that have, uh, have developed out there in the real world. Um, this particular strategy, can you take us through the process to bring it forward? Sure.
1: So as you point out, the strategy is a, you know, a dialogue between ourselves an independent advisory body and the Victorian government. So the nature of that is, I guess, we are set up to provide and draft a strategy, but then the Victorian government responds to that. And then following that response every three to five years, we redraft the strategy and update it to make sure it's current. And, you know, The last year has given ample demonstration why you need to continuously update um, long-term strategies because things are different and things can change um, uh, over time. And we need to keep adjusting our strategy um, to keep up with current information and what's happening out there in the community.
0: What's the approach that's been taken, Llewellyn, to the pandemic in particular? Because clearly that's the big thing that has impacted uh, lives and impacted, I guess, uh, programs of work in the past 12 months. Can you see its impact in this strategy?
1: Look, I think we certainly can. And in fact, one of the things we've done in this draft strategy is actually identify a number of the short-term recommendations that the government can implement immediately Um, to respond to the COVID recovery. We're very aware, yes, that the world has changed in many ways. Um, And we have also, I guess, commissioned a series of modelling, um, some of which was released today, um, that show the impacts and show, in fact, how COVID Nineteen might change our transport network and might change behaviours across the community that has implications for the infrastructure use.
0: Do you expect the pandemic to flavour the way people respond to the strategy in terms of the the types of submissions or suggestions you might get?
1: Look, no, I mean, I think people very much you know, have the pandemic in the front of their minds at the moment and, you know, it's a challenge for us because we are tasked with obviously a long term strategy um, that goes over 30 years long after, in fact, the effects of the pandemic may have, you know, been over, but nonetheless, we also see the short term implications of that over time. In terms of, you know, obviously we've had to adapt in this environment um, and a lot of our consultation and engagement will be online itself. Um, And look, I think people will both look at the short-term and the long-term in their submissions. And we're really keen to hear people's response to the draft strategy, particularly in light of some of the changes that have occurred. And at one point of that is we've seen through COVID how resilient and adaptable people are in many cases. Now, there have been many um, bad outcomes um, of the pandemic, but we've also seen the incredible capacity of people to be resilient and adapt. And new technology, for example, is one of those mechanisms. And people can continue to use some of those skills that they've learned through the pandemic in the future.
0: Llewellyn, how does the strategy stack up to previous strategies, I'm not sure how many versions you're you're up to now, but I'm just thinking about you try to take a long-term view, but obviously there's political realities as well. You get a change of government with a different way of thinking. How does your strategy respond to those factors that come in over the top?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, certainly one of the ideas behind the creation of Infrastructure Victoria was to have an independent advice that survived the political cycle. Um, so, But when we released our first strategy in 2016, um, we made 137 recommendations and the government of the day accepted 134 of them. Um, And we have actually started this new strategy with going back and looking at the progress that was made on those original uh, recommendations. And in fact, we've found that um, 89% of our um, previous recommendations have been implemented or are underway. So we see the alignment um, over the longer term, a number of years now, of the original recommendations we um, have the capacity to make and the government's implementation of those.
0: That's a pretty strong result, 89% adopted or underway. Um, how much of a shift will this strategy be in terms of those actions that are already in train? So
1: we've gone back, as I said, and reviewed all of those and I guess undertaken quite a number of um, research investigations to look for, you know, I guess successor recommendations, so the kind of next step in some of the recommendations we made in 2016, or indeed where we found new information, new research and new evidence, in fact created new recommendations, to respond to those evolving trends.
0: It, it is clear in your state in a number of places that the strategy is built on evidence, research, and consultation. And I'll come to the consultation in just a second. How, where does that evidence and research come from particularly? Because you'd need to be pretty particular about where you get your advice from, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, look, and we we endeavour to use, you know, very aware that evidence comes in many shapes and forms, including community feedback is a form of evidence in itself. Mm. Um, but we do, so we commission um, quite a bit of evidence gathering ourselves. We have a very dedicated modelling team that looks at, you know, projections into the future and the operation of the transport system, for example. But we also, you know, engage in the wider research effort that Um, occurs across government and governments um, as well as you know being abreast where we can of the research that goes on in other places like um, universities and those kind of things. So you know we're really we're very aware that you know we can't know every piece of evidence that exists and in fact part of our consultation process is an opportunity for people to bring forward evidence that we may not have come across or we may not have considered so that we can incorporate that into our analysis.
0: Llewellyn, going back to the 89% of recommendations from previous strategy that are in train, which particular ones come to mind for you as real highlights of here's an example of the work we've done contributing to things that are happening on the ground? Um,
1: We, you know, have seen progress on 122 of them, so it's a long list to choose from. But, you know, for instance, our first strategy recommended the construction of the North East Link, which is a project that has now been funded and is underway. Um, Similarly, um, our 2016 strategy, you know, perhaps unusually for an infrastructure body, recommended a substantial increase in the construction of social housing. And once again, quite recently, we've seen the government made a, make a very big investment into the construction of social housing in Victoria. Um, similarly, we you know advocated for investing in longer, higher capacity trains um, in 2016, a project that is well-advanced, and in fact, we'll see those trains starting to be delivered over the next couple of years. Um, and finally, one of our top three recommendations in 2016 was um, implementing transport network pricing, um, and using the pricing system um, to help manage transport demands. Um, And originally the Victorian government actually did not agree with that recommendation. But what we've seen quite recently, particularly in response to COVID-19, is the Victorian government introducing um, temporarily, initially, um, off-peak fares on public transport, and actually using the public transport pricing system um, to help manage demand, so we're very pleased, and I think you can see a lot of alignment between the types of recommendations we made in the past and the subsequent actions of government.
0: That must be very satisfying to see those those things come to fruition. I want to get to the local government angle before we wrap up, Llewellyn. You know, councils, as you know, have their own wish lists of infrastructure projects and things that they'd like to see happening within their municipalities what's your advice to councils in terms of being part of the process to inform your work
1: yes so look we're really interested in hearing from local government and you know acknowledge that local government often has the on the ground knowledge and the you know a deep understanding of how infrastructure impacts their communities and the particular infrastructure needs of their communities and we're pretty uh, particularly interested in hearing um, local government's perspectives firstly on, you know, whether there's additional evidence that we should be considering for any of the recommendations or indeed if there are additional recommendations that they think they can present evidence that should be considered for inclusion. I guess the, the other element is also allowing us to understand uh, uh, the way that some of these recommendations might play out in local communities. So actually being able to share their, their deep local knowledge um, and help us understand perhaps the best places or the best mechanisms that some of this infrastructure should be, um, you know, rolled out.
0: I'm assuming that a lot of the work of local government is already... Uh, taken into account as you develop your evidence and your your research base. Would that be right?
1: That's correct. And in fact, local government's been a really important contributor to a lot of um, the development of the strategy. So, for instance, um, a couple of years ago now, we did a quite comprehensive process of pulling together regional and metropolitan profiles and actually worked quite closely with local government to make sure we had, you know, a more detailed and specific understanding of the infrastructure uh, needs of every part of both Melbourne and Victoria. Um, and similarly, um, we also have had quite a long research um, line of inquiry into the infrastructure needs of regional Victoria. And once again, local government is incredibly involved and engaged um, in understanding the regional infrastructure needs of Victorians. Um, and finally, you know, we also have um, a section of the strategy that looks at growth areas of Melbourne. Um, and Uh, Early last year, we held a round table of growth area councils to get a much deeper and better understanding of their infrastructure needs and concerns. Um, And of course, going forward through this consultation, we'll be inviting all local governments um, to attend um, an event with us um, of, you know, a number of different events um, to, in fact, again, check in with them and make sure you know, the analysis that we've done is based on the best evidence and really listen to any additional information that they can give us.
0: That's great. That was going to be my question about further opportunities to sort of test that thinking. And of course, I imagine a lot of councils will take the opportunity to submit some sort of submission to the consultation phase, which correct me if I'm wrong, is open until the around the end of February.
1: Yep, yeah, the 26th of February submissions
0: close. What do you anticipate in terms of a timeline from after that close of uh, submission period, Llewellyn? Um, after
1: submissions close, we will be firstly completing a uh, some additional modelling um, just to inform the final strategy, and then we'll then be spending some time um, to make sure we've considered all of the submissions and incorporated where we um, can the evidence that they've presented. Um, so then, our timeline is that we will present a final strategy uh, to the Victorian Parliaments for consideration of all uh, parties in the Parliaments, um, and. Once we've um, tabled the final strategy in parliament, the Victorian government has 12 months to respond to the strategy. So within that 12 month period, um, they need to produce a response to each of the recommendations that we've made and then produce a five-year Victorian infrastructure plan setting out um, how they intend to implement those uh, recommendations they've accepted.
0: So just to recap, the draft 30-year strategy from Infrastructure Victoria is currently out for comment. Submissions invited until the 26th of February. If people want to find out more, and I've seen there's a very nifty little uh, YouTube video summarizing the process, uh, where do they find all that material, Llewellyn?
1: Um, So we are using the Engage Vic platform. So if you go to... Um, engage.vic.gov.au you can find the um, all of the information about the um, consultation on the 30 year infrastructure strategy and we very much um, and there's multiple ways to engage you can um, put in a submission or you can indeed go to a number of surveys or comment boxes and give us your feedback that way.
0: Terrific look forward to seeing what comes out at the end of the process and thank you very much for your time in explaining all of that to us Llewellyn great to meet you. Great to meet you too, thanks for having me. We've been speaking with Llewellyn Reinders, the Manager of Strategy and Policy at Infrastructure Victoria on this VLGA Connect Summer Series conversation.